I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And uh, Kevin's not here. Kevin's uh, Kevin's off on a little family emergency. He pointed out just now this is the first episode of Video Games Hot Dog that he has missed. And I'm Jim. Wow, ever? Apparently. Huh. I mean, I trust Kevin to know. Kevin knows that kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. He probably has a like a spreadsheet with all the dates. I think I hear a ground loop in the headphones. This is going to be episode 287, by the way. I don't think you hear a ground loop in the headphones. Are you sure you don't just have a ground loop in you? We're also, it, it has been a goddamn comedy of errors today. The studio iMac uh, shat the bed, like, completely. It just fails to recognize that it has any users or files or anything on it. Wow. Um, it's got a, still got a nice, like, photo background, but there's just sort of holes in space where the icons used to be. <laughs> and uh, so we're recording on our portable recorder uh, without Kevin... All these extra cables and stuff. Riff says we sound weird. Riff sounds weird to us. <laughs> Hello. Well, Kevin might not be here, but this bottle of whiskey that Kevin bought me to keep at the, at the studio uh, is having some nice uh, compass box uh, by uh, no by some spice tree by compass box. Does a bottle of whiskey make a cool sound when you open it? Yeah, it's pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. Does yeah. It make a cool sound when you pour it. Yeah, I would say that. That was, I, I don't know how that got into the recording, but from here, really excellent foley of whiskey being yeah, poured into that, a glass. that did sound pretty good. <laughs> I could definitely tell what it was. I don't Ooh, know if I, I could like tell it was whiskey in particular, but. Yeah, might have been in one of those bottles of trucker piss that I keep <laughs> keep around to disturb. I keep in whiskey bottles uh, to deter thieves. <laughs> <laughs> you need a, a sign out front saying that you have if, if this is actually going to be a deterrent, like some houses have like a the alarm system advertised out front, you just need to have a sign saying oh, that right. the whiskey bottles are full of trucker piss. <laughs> yeah. I see. Warning, whiskey might be piss. <laughs> I remember yeah. when I was in high school, we used to like sw- swipe booze from my, my dad's liquor cabinet and f- refill the bottle with trucker piss so that he wouldn't <laughs> notice it was empty. Until eventually, dad just started putting bottles of mostly trucker piss in the liquor cabinet to get back at us i you know did you consider that he never figured it out and you actually just stole one of your own bottles yeah that was the joke oh i get that it i was making but oh yeah this is this is like how i didn't get the joke about putin on the ritz yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah to to be fair the reason that i liked that one is because it was difficult and obscure yeah okay yeah and it's like i don't putin is real recognizable that was like 20 pixels of putin I didn't recognize him. <laughs> and I think maybe I only like, mm, okay, on the wrist. So this was a, this was a tweet from the other day, uh, where there were a bunch of people tweeting, whoa, we're halfway there. Whoa. And then pictures of things that rhymed with living on a prayer or sounded similar to living on a prayer, like a pigeon on a chair. Yeah. Uh, except this one was Vladimir Putin riding on a giant Ritz cracker, which is putting on the Ritz. Right. Right. You know, which is not how that song goes, but that is like, those are the jokes that I, that, that it's, it's like that, uh, like that chainsaw suit comic that I retweeted. The other day about the clown Pagliacci. Oh yeah, but but doctor, I am the clown. I am the clown Pagliacci. Right. But doctor, you're in the wrong place, buddy. Oh, just kidding. Let's let's get up in there and check out that clown hole. See, because it <laughs> the joke wouldn't 
it, that whole exchange wouldn't happen if the clown thought he was the proctologist. Right. 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 He wouldn't have had the you have to know the story of what happened before, (laughs) which is that he told the doctor that he was depressed and the doctor suggested that he go see the clown Pagliacci. Well, I I think in this case, the the problem that I had was that Putin was too small to recognize unless you've already seen a bunch of memes, meme images with that particular image of Putin writing various things. I don't know if I solved it or if I have seen that. I'm not sure which. Yeah. I'm I'm prepared to admit that. Anyway, I think the that's one that a, means me not knowing anything. I think that's a fantastic tweet that I nearly <clears throat> ruined for everybody. Just now? Yeah. <laughs> you mean you ruined for nearly everybody? Oh uh, yes. <laughs> the <laughs> assumption that nearly everybody is listening to this. Right. God, see how adrift we are without Kevin. Yeah. He's <laughs> really our rock. It's very um, sad. No man is an island, especially us without uh, Kevin. Get out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but maybe Kevin is the only thing blocking my telepathic powers. <laughs> he's made with of those lead. telepathic powers. We won't need this mess of wiring. <laughs> yeah, he's just a Faraday, Kevin. You, you keep him around. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It's why Wi-Fi doesn't work around me. It's all an elaborate. It's like a. It's like a Truman Show style ruse on the part of the world to protect itself from my destructive energies. Kevin's been planted near me all the time. You guys have anything to contribute to this cool story? <laughs> I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of waiting to see where steam. it goes. <laughs> well, <laughs> nowhere it turns like... out. <laughs> okay, hey guys, I have a story about watermelons. Do you, do you want to hear a story about watermelons? Sure. Yeah. Um, yes. Nearly the other always. day, uh, we, Amelia got a watermelon at the farmers market. We went to the farmers market, just being bougie bougie white folks. I got some eggs. That, you know, the eggs from the farmer's market is way better than the eggs you get at the grocery store. These chickens and grain and their yolks are darker. <laughs> uh, anyway, she got this watermelon and, yeah, I'm not like a huge fan of watermelon and I don't hate watermelon exactly, but, you know, whatever. She was like, do you want some watermelon for dessert? I'm like, well, I don't know that, that counts as dessert exactly, but yes. And what she brought was, I thought, a bowl of pineapple because it was just yellow. It was 100% yellow and not pink. And so I looked that up, and it turns out that there's just some mutant strain of watermelon that's a harmless mutation that causes it to be yellow, but otherwise identical to what I think of as normal watermelons. Are you sure the water hasn't been replaced with trucker pee? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. You know, like that college party thing where you drill a hole in a watermelon and then piss in it? (laughs) Let the watermelon soak in it. So you can, so you can, you know, trick the new pledges into, uh, <laughs> uh, so, so I looked up, I looked it up on Wikipedia to see if this was a thing and it, and it was apparently, but check, what, check what this out. It, what's it called? The, uh, I don't remember. Well, there's one called the golden midget that has a golden rind and pink flesh when ripe. That's, that's not it. The orange glow, probably orange glow has a very sweet orange flesh and is a large oblong fruit. Has a light green rind with jagged dark green stripes. That sounds more or less like a watermelon, except orange instead of pink. Check this out. 
The Densuke watermelon is a round fruit up to 11 kilograms or 24 pounds. The rind is black with no stripes or spots. It is grown only on the island of Hokkaido, Japan, where up to 10,000 are produced every year. In June 2008, one of the first harvested watermelons was sold at auction for $6,300, making it the most expensive watermelon ever sold. The average selling price is generally around $250. Do you remember... So what this... Finding this yellow watermelon surprise and then just finding out that that was a thing that exists in the world now made me feel kind of old. When I pointed that out to Amelia, she said, there's new, always new fruits, like all the time. There's new, it's, it has always been the case that there are always new fruits showing up all the time. This is not weird or surprising at all. And I guess that's probably more true in the last 20 years than in the 20 before that. Or maybe that's truer in California, Hmm. which is not where she's from. I'm, it still strikes me as weird that a thing that I think of as like this very elemental thing that is like used as a very like a slot machine being a fruit machine is such because it's like very discrete categories of very recognizable things that are pretty consistent and in a fairly small set. And obviously that has never been true of fruit, really, right? Like in the world, because every orange is like basically a different, every orange tree is basically a different species. A lot of fruit trees are like that. But it's still weird to just discover that there's a bunch of weird new fruits, don't you think? Do you think fruit is the new gender? Uh, I don't, do I think fruit is a gender? <laughs> is it that whole it, apples and oranges thing? I think it's probably the old. It's probably oh, the old gender. Is the gender. New yeah, gender is the new fruit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. It Apparently, like, lots of different things are able to be crossbred in way because there's, like, plums and apricots and pluots and aprilums. Mm-hmm. And then there's also mm-hmm. – there's something else that you can put in there. I – Man, have you read Vert by Jeff Noon? No. Yeah. So long this time just ago. reminded me of that. So, in the mythology of the the novel Vert, there was some like infertility plague, and then there was some giant experiment that was an a like last ditch attempt to make everything fertile again, uh, but it fucked up in like a sort of magical realism way and made it so everything could crossbreed with everything and so there are a lot of dog people hybrids and there are like robot people hybrids and huh. robot dog hybrids and so like I mean you remember that about Vert right like there's a no. lot of characters that are just <laughs> described as the, the characters are just described as like you know robo human or whatever that they're half human yeah. half it's like you know this, and and like so I recently no, not recently. Like a year ago, I kickstarted uh, this. Uh, I backed on Kickstarter a tabletop role playing game based on Vert. Like, not necessarily because I am ever going to play it or even really read the book comprehensively, but because I just like the idea of it. Uh, it is, uses the Numenera rule set, so I also was interested to see a different take on that. But it it really digs into the cosmology of all of these crossbreeds to the point where the race section is like how is is it possible for a robot to fuck a dog (laughs) well no it just it just like it basically does a it does a uh a like uh 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Bruce Willis in the diner in Looper conversation where it's like, you know what? They're just like stuff likes to fuck other stuff. Like it's, you know, that's what happened. Like if you want to know where this half dog, half robot came from, it's because either a robot fucked a dog or a dog fucked a robot. And because of fecundity 10 or whatever the name of this experiment is, it is like every fucking results in a viable embryo now. Uh, but, but it's so there are there are humans, dogs robots shadows which are basically like like ghosts <laughs> oh, and and vert beings like beings that came from the sort of alternate dimension that is the 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 source of the like drug slash video game thing the book is about <laughs> it which is confirmed one time Jeff Noon had a dream that there were these different colored feathers that you could stick in your mouth and it would make you hallucinate different video games that you could play. Yeah. And then he wrote a novel and like that's where this <laughs> that's came the from. That's I remember, right? yeah. So <laughs> like is this, like, this, is very this much the like new, a dream that you <laughs> These are the new genders is dog robot <laughs> vert being. It and... goes through every combination <laughs> and then it goes through all of the three-way hybrids. And then it goes until there's five different races that are just missing one of the six. Five and missing one of the five, I guess. Yeah, it's human, dog, robot, shadow, and vert. Man. (laughs) That section is so long. And they all have, have like, individual attributes and stat adjustments and and different skills that are, like, but someone's like, oh, this one gets one dog skill and one robot skill. Or this one gets one shadow (laughs) skill and one vert skill. It, <clears throat> it, so it kind good. of it kind of reminds me of a of a mechanic from the uh, the the One Piece anime where everyone has all these weird magical powers because of eating different uh, different devil fruits and each devil fruit is specific to a, to a certain power. Like if you eat the fire fruit, you get fire powers. But there's a there's a class of them that like that are like of animals and things so like if you eat the lion fruit you'll be able to turn into a lion and at some point somebody like somebody had a hench somebody in the anime had a henchman which was a dog crossed with a bazooka and one of the protagonists asks oh huh you got your dog to eat a bazooka fruit huh and the guy says no i had a bazooka that ate a dog fruit (laughs) And it's never explained how that's possible. It makes any you don't think he was sense. Just, you don't think he was just joking? No, I'm pretty sure that was straight up. <laughs> huh, that's when you, what one when you were describing about. this world, I I was imagining like a much more um, wide ranging hybrids. Like here's like a half newspaper, half stapler. <laughs> um, so it's like a newspaper I, I, where you can't turn the pages. <laughs> Right, and you have to just figure out if the newspaper decided to fuck the stapler or vice versa. Right. Um, but I actually kind of like it better that it's just these five things. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> it's like just complicated enough. <laughs> right. And it's weird that one of them is robot. Yeah. Because it seems like if a robot, you know, like then it could just ba- kind of be like. A stapler is basically a yeah, robot. Yeah, exactly. Like a smoke detector is a robot yeah. of a sort. Yeah, I mean, maybe that counts. Like, maybe there's a hat. Maybe there's the dog smoke detector. It, they all they the names have, the races have names which keep going until they get to the five, and then instead of being like Robo Shadow Doggo Human, it's uh, 
like uh, all spice. No, they just come up with a one syllable. There's okay. one syllable that's what the other people in the world refer to them as, which I fucking guarantee that there is not some concordance on Jeff Noon's desk that <laughs> contained those words. Like anyway, Vert's a pretty cool book. It sounds pretty good. It's real weird. I mean, it's it's weird. It's about sort how, of how like do you, how do you spell it? V U R T. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I mean, I like it when somebody has a weird dream and then tries to construct a novel around that dream, and then it actually turns out to be good. And yeah. that's that's you know, my you know. hope for after we finish uh, after we finish West of Loathing, I want to start writing on my novel, and I finally actually had a decent idea for a plot and some characters, and they actually came to me in a dream. So we'll see how that hmm. works out. But yeah, it was this like this character is my mom, but also my eighth grade teacher. <laughs> yes, and and also Freud. <laughs> Chapter one: all of everybody's teeth fall out. <laughs> Chapter two: we're flying. Oh no, Sorry. it's finals <laughs> week. <laughs> do you guys? Do you guys ever have the the dream about like? Oh, it turns out I didn't actually graduate from high school. Oh, yeah. So I have to go back and take my finals. Or I like I was supposed to take this one class, and now it's the finals, but I hadn't gone to class all year. Yep. No, I'm I'm lucky enough that I don't get that dream. You get it though, Riff. Oh yeah, all the time. Like, is it because you think you're a fraud? Uh, is that what that's supposed to mean? Yeah, I no, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what we have in common that oh, okay. would make us have this dream and not Jim. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, maybe. Yeah, I get like that a lot. Is it because you have a huge like, dick? I... <laughs> Do you get the one uh, where you can't remember your locker combination? Yeah. 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 Do, Do you guys like just have a different high school dream for every day of the week? Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, the schedule varies from day Sounds to day. real bad. <clears throat> I in the la the last few times I've had the like high school dream, I remember thinking to myself, "What the fuck? I'm 40." Yeah. <laughs> like the, I I then went to college. It doesn't matter if I have a high school diploma or not. I'm yeah, self-employed. Yeah. No one cares if I have a fucking high school diploma or not. Why like <laughs> why did I even agree to this? Like um, you know, 8 months before this dream started, to the point where I'm here now, like, yeah. You just wanted to relive the best years of your life. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, uh -huh. <laughs> sure. Uh, it is always kind of a relief when you wake up, though, and realize, oh, wait, <laughs> fuck that class. <laughs> yeah, although it sucks to wake up and suddenly be, like, 22 years older. Although, you know, I'm, I am always me in the dream, not, like, yeah, high school me. yeah. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2 over the weekend. It's good. Pretty good if you liked Guardians of the Galaxy, I guess. Yeah, I like it well enough. I cool. still haven't I seen the first a, one. I don't have a lot to say, but I think you would like it, Riff. Yeah. Did you see the first one, Jim? Uh, this, is that a setup? Um, I saw it on a plane and hated it and oh. shut it off like halfway through. Um. And then I watched it again when I wasn't like sleep deprived and on a miserable in a miserable situation, and it was okay. Okay. Um. And I might have liked it better if I didn't have the memory of the miserable first viewing. 
So, like, I don't know. Don't trust my opinion about Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I don't. Okay. What have you been up to since the last time we recorded a podcast? Uh, mostly video game stuff I can't talk about. Gosh. So, back to that again. Um, but now you can't talk about it because somebody else doesn't want you to, not because you don't want to. Well, in, in some cases, but there's there's more than one thing. Well. Um, um, I've been still watching Better Call Saul, which I am... At this point, convinced is is the the better series than Breaking Bad. I think it's a a much better show. Um, I think it's hard to j- judge since it could not exist without yeah the context. Of I it, actually you know. don't know that it would work if you had like they it relies it doesn't rely but it utilizes callbacks so much. Like, like if you don't realize that Gus is scary, yeah, it doesn't mean anything when Gus shows up. Yeah, like the stinger of episode one is like a character showing up, and you're supposed to be like, "Oh shit, it's that guy," with no exposition, just his face, basically. Um, so like it might not, it might not work if you don't have the context of the first series, but or it might work even better because it's filled with mystery. Eh, it depends how much you like mystery. Mm. If you're into mystery. Well, you're into mystery. I am. That's why you didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy, because it didn't have right. enough mystery. It's, <laughs> it's too too obvious. Do you like Mystery Men? I never saw it. No. Huh. Is that the one with the, the skull bowler? Yes. Okay. I saw the trailer. Yeah. That's what I know about that movie. It's got Tom Waits in it. <laughs> okay. It's got Ben Stiller. Does it have Tom Waits on the soundtrack? I don't know. Probably. It's got Eddie Izzard in it. Okay. Pretty good. Uh, Riff, what have you been up to? Um, pretty much all the stuff I've been up to is video game related stuff. Well, yeah. let's get to this it then. Be what the shortest kind of, podcast? What kind of video game? We forgot to set the timer, so it's already oh, infinitely yeah. short. Yeah, I uh, I got a good deal on an old Macintosh Plus on eBay, so I've been setting that up and hooking it up with old Mac games. How do you how do you get games onto that thing? There is some some electronics wizard whose name I don't have in front of me, uh, but I I found his website sells a device that uh, I that I think he hand makes them uh, this electronics gadget that plugs into the external drive port on the back of of a classic Mac and lets you use. Uh, floppy disk or hard drive images on an SD card. Okay. I remember like getting a used like Mac LC or something and trying to put Bolo on it. Um, and I just couldn't get it done. Like it, I, I, I event, I got to the point where like I could, um, put, like I could print, like make a floppy disk in my PC that could be read by the Mac, but I couldn't get any of the um, archive formats running on the Mac. Hmm. Like I just I couldn't couldn't figure out how to like get software onto that thing. So it's good to know someone solved this. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, once I so it, Macs of that vintage had an external drive port that is just being hijacked by this device. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's, That's cool. not all of them did, but the ones that didn't, you could also um, just unplug the uh, unplug the internal drive from the board inside it and run the ribbon cable in through the 
floppy mouth. Mm. Huh. Ah, so it just looks like it's sticking its tongue out at you all the time. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> real Its weird. tongue is gray and flat and sickly. <laughs> so what, have you been playing cool old Mac games? Yeah, a little bit. I'm still kind of in the process of setting things up because uh, the, the mouse that came with the thing is uh, is like only three quarters functional basically so i'm waiting on getting a new one of those but yeah i've been playing i mean a normal mac mouse is only half functional because it only has one button oh that's true so it's like three eighths of a of a mouse (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i played a little bit of uh um like the very beginning of fool's errand and a little bit of three and three which was uh this like the the next game by the same guy and uh, just sort of poking around. It must have been weird to play Fool's Errand at native clock speed. I feel like we had a lot of trouble when we did it as an assignment I, because running on an emulator yeah, was too fast. Yeah, mm. ran ran too fast. That was that was kind of part of why I uh, why I did not like curb the idea of buying an actual buying actual hardware instead of just playing these games on emulator because I I kind of wanted. I kind of wanted them to run properly <laughs> and they, and some of you can get, you can, you can like slow down the clock speed of the emulator and, and get most stuff to work pretty well, but I don't know. It's just not the same. Played anything else? Uh, that, oh, I played, what was it? Oh, I played a little bit like the first chapter of the silver case on PS4 which is like a an HD re-release of uh well of the silver case but the it's um Suda Suda 51's first game in as grasshopper manufacturer it's sort of like a it's basically a visual novel it's got a little bit of point and click uh type stuff going on too but it's it's Suda pretty Suda 51 weird. is no more heroes. Yeah, no more heroes. Kill, killer seven. Um, and bite my taste, my big boner. Yeah, and uh, what's that one called? Lollipop Shadows chainsaw. Of the Shadows damned. of the damned. Shadows of the yeah. damned. Yeah. 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 This is sort of it's it it appears to be like a sort of near future police state, and there's weird murders going on, and you play or the protagonists are like cops that are trying to solve these uh these murders and in the uh, the point and click sequences you play like the part of a member of like a SWAT team that's going into the building to where where there's been like an alarm or whatever and uh, yeah it's and are they are they like action sequence are you represented not by an avatar really, on a screen moving around ne- well it's first person uh, it, but it's okay. it's not free movement it's like node to node um there is like a tools menu that has a gun in it but i have not gotten to a thing where i needed to actually shoot the gun yet and so i don't know maybe if there's just a door that's locked with uh yeah lo- locked with it yeah it could very well be it, i i don't know if it's gonna be like an action sequency thing or just like a point and click puzzle type thing but uh yeah it's it's uh it's cool it's it's real stylish it's got that very very much grasshopper manufacturer kind of style going on is it like really crass and crude 
Not yet. <laughs> it's never a point where the main character is like, yeah, time to take a shit. <laughs> take and a shit to, to save your game. Yeah. yeah no, it, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's pretty, uh, it's like cop drama, like kind of stuff. Like, uh, no, I can't believe I can't think of the name of it. Um, Blade Runner, like, like a more near future Blade Runner kind of tone. So was that take a shit to save your game joke actually in a game or? Yeah, that's from that. No, no more. Heroes. That's how no more heroes. Yeah. Works. That's real good. Uh, yeah. That's like all, all save the save points point. in the bathroom. That's real yeah. good. Yeah. All the save points were bathrooms. <sighs> yeah. But like the, you actually like see him sitting on a toilet like it's no no don't do that yeah no yeah, like not. no but it's it's good well because, it like, was it was obscure you saw him like unzip his pants and he'd, he'd sit down but then the 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 uh the interface text would would cover up yeah, just okay. just as he was sitting so you didn't actually see anything Okay. I like to think, you know how in like Dragon Warrior, you would go to like the church and the scribe would say, I'm, I'm recording your tales on the scrolls of, of history that, that what he's actually doing when he saves is writing his story in the stains on the toilet paper. <laughs> it's just, just writing down everything that has happened. Right. So that the next guy, when, when he gets killed, <laughs> will. <clears throat> Got to, you've got to unflush the to- dig out all the. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, well, man, just a toilet with an unflush interact <laughs> prompt. Man, I'm stealing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah write that one down. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of that game, Riff? Uh, the one the I was talking about, case. or the old one? The, or yeah, the silver case. The silver case, okay. Yeah. Is that the does one it with the toilet? Case no more heroes. Um, gotcha. I, yeah, I, and also you get a you've got a lightsaber. Like the premise of that game is like you get a lightsaber in the mail, and you're like, "Whoa, cool! I'm gonna become a part of this weird assassins tournament." Yeah. <laughs> it, mm, Man, yeah. yeah it, if you've never played uh, No More Heroes, Jim, it's certainly worth a look. <laughs> I, I've 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 looked at it. I remember like getting hung up on. Like gr- minigame grinding, mm, yeah, it does. There's some weird some of that, slot yeah. machine thing going on too while you're fighting that was real distracting. Yeah, it kind of reminded me in terms of just the like style of visual chaos that it enjoyed was that fuck that DS RPG that takes place in like near future Tokyo where you're like jet grind radio people and. Combat oh, is uh, like a weird, the, the world, world ends, ends with, with you. you. Yeah, well, and the combat was like yeah. two different things on both screens. Yeah, you yeah, were just playing two confusing. games at the playing two games at the same yeah. time. One of which was like just kind of a weird like graph traversal, like a I feel like maybe like a like the hacking in the new Deus Ex games, and the other one was sort of like cursor driven, like light RTS kind of thing, maybe. But man, it just, I think that when you have a game that is just a sort of like swing a sword around brawler or whatever, then it's fine for it to be super chaotic visually and for it to kind of obscure the interface with style. But like when the thing itself, when the gameplay is really confusing, yeah, I think that that's sort of just a double danger 
there. Although a lot of people love that game, so it's probably just me being old and easily confused. Well, that's what is I the think. silver case about <laughs> some sort of physical case, like of cigarettes? I'm not or is sure it like... yet. There's, there's, um, the there was a another game that came out that they did like after that called Flower Sun and Rain, where there is a character who has the same name as one of the characters in the silver case and who also carries around a silver like attache case but i don't know if it's the same guy and i don't know if it's related or not or it's like they're investigating the murder that won second place in the murder contest <laughs> <laughs> the murder olympics what about you jim have you played any video games i played um so mushroom 11 came out on phones so i've been playing some of that um and I will say that uh, it's way better with multi-touch than trying to trying to uh, drag yourself around using the mouse. So Mushroom Eleven is a game where you are this big sort of mass of fungus, and your only control is using a mouse cursor to slice parts of it off, which then it retains its mass by like extruding mass elsewhere. Right, and you're just physicsing it through puzzle levels. Right. Right. Uh, um, like you can also like split up if you slice yourself in half, but, and there are still parts of you that exist. Um, you can like, you can separate yourself and have one part of you doing something over here and the other part of you doing something over there as long as you don't accidentally erase all of one of you. Uh, and it, it does pretty interesting stuff with the, um, with the idea in terms of just the, the way the, the way you interact with the world, but like it's real maso core. Like it gets really, really hard and really kind of like in an unpleasant way. Um, it's like to the point where like checkpoints are basically like 30 seconds apart and you just have to keep retrying this 30 second chunk of level basically with basically random results until you happen to luck into the outcome you need. Um, I don't think that game is like a lot of the things it asks you to do are not like and are not really deliberately repeatable i don't think although i could be wrong i'd love to see a speed run is masocore a thing or did you just say that i did not make that word up it's so is it just like extreme difficulty with no assumption of the game being fair uh, that's probably a good way to put it like i want to be the guy is the uh classic example okay um, a thousand spikes. Yeah. A thousand and one spikes? How many spikes were there? I think a thousand and one was a sequel. Okay. So there were one fewer spikes initially than mm. there were Tales of the Arabian Nights. I could be wrong. It should have been, the sequel so. should have been 1,002 spikes because then it would have a two. Or 2,000 spikes. That's a good point. Oh, yeah. yeah. 2,000 flushes. <laughs> they have to unflush it 2,000 2, unflushes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y2K1 bug. Um, And, uh, I um, started actually playing the story in Watch Dogs. Um, it's all right. You know, like I was I was looking at some videos of uh, the first game and like I, I I didn't remember why I didn't like it. But one of the big reasons was that it's just so self-serious. Like the story of that game really takes itself very seriously. And this one is way more tongue in cheek. It do doesn't like 
it didn't really strike me as that immediately, but like in comparison to the first game, it's way more like ridiculous and jokey. And I think that's kind of necessary to, to fit the ridiculous premise. And it also like permits them to do things like you can hack the engine of your car, like like a, like a 1970s car and make it go faster by removing the governor. <laughs> um, and it also means that like, even when the, 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 your hacker friends are serious about like, yeah, we're going to change the world by hacking. Um, you can like kind of half buy into it and half be like, yeah, you idiots. You don't know what you're doing and you don't know what you're getting into. Um, so I, I think that that actually really, um, works pretty well. I, I've, I've like, I've been enjoying the story more than I expected to. I think I'm coming up on the end. They do a really good job of, um, of having a, like a, a, a compelling villain as well. Um, and weirdly enough, like a lot of the cut, cut scenes happen like from, um, his perspective. Is this something we need to deal with? I don't know. Seems like we might have lost Riff. Although yeah, I'm, my I'm still phone here. Will... Oh, weird. My phone will not wake up. I don't know what those beeps were. Sounded like call waiting beeps. Mm. Huh. Yeah, maybe somebody else called me. Yeah, my phone just won't wake up. Oh, no. It was the Grim Reaper calling my phone. <laughs> I actually would be concerned that it was Kevin calling with important news. Mm. Well... Can't wake my phone up, so... Yeah. Okay. I guess it'll have to wait. Are you um, sure that's the front? It's got the button on it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weird. All my, phone, all my phone screen will display is like this flat gray metal with the Apple logo in it, and it says iPhone. Yeah. And then some small text about so, being hey, it's awake. in California. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, all you had to do is turn it over. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, well, no, no news from Kevin. Okay, so no news is good news in this case. Um, uh, and I um, so in d- how is the Watchdogs two story campaign compared to something like an earlier GTA game? Like, does it make you do unfun bullshit because they have systems for that, so they shoehorn a mission where you have to do it into the plot? Uh, there's a little bit of that, but it's mostly pretty reasonable. Mostly. Um, it's certainly, it's certainly no, like, I, I've played Vice City in the past few years, so, like, I can say, like, Vice City is way shittier in that regard, for example. Um, as compared to, like, um, a modern GTA game, I would say, like, GTA 5 was a lot more polished, uh, in terms of mission design. Um, then Watch Dogs or then Vice City? Uh, both. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. It's, I would, if, I would definitely, like, be way more likely to recommend Watch Dogs to somebody who just wants to, you know, check out the city and check out the atmosphere than someone who's interested in the campaign. Are there, is there like a drinking contest mini game that you can get real good at and get? <laughs> some cool drinking hat or something uh they there are a bunch of like quadcopter races that i haven't done so like things like that um oddly enough like you can walk like there's a bunch of coffee shops around the city and you can walk in and drink coffee 
And it just plays a drinking coffee animation. I don't know if that was supposed to feed into some systems somehow. Huh. Or... <laughs> Keeps you awake for more crimes. Right. Except that you, you never sleep in the game. Except in the hacker spaces, there are couches you can rest on. And there's just they're a, too, like a... They're too soaked in hobo piss. <laughs> Because of the overly libertarian attitude of hacker spaces. <laughs> I was I saw um a, a shit noise bridge says Tumblr. Um and the thing I remember from it was like a screenshot of an email thread um arguing about whether like don't shit on the floor signs would help. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kevin lives next door to Noisebridge, and I lived next door to Noisebridge for a long time. And it was, they really did have a policy of like, look, if you can get in, you can be in here. And it was like, it was rough. It was a rough crowd. I, I've heard it's better now. Yeah. Um, last time I actually was in there was in like 2014 mm. when it was it was real bad. Is there a hackerspace that's supposed to be Noisebridge in Watch Dogs 2? Uh, no, I think it's just the generic... Like there are there are multiple generic hacker spaces, but there's not one that's like in the middle of the mission. Uh, not that I noticed. No. Okay. Yeah, I can't rule it out though because apparently, like the the Ubisoft offices actually are in the game, mm -hmm. um, and I didn't notice them. So like, lots of nooks and crannies, lots of cool stuff in the game that that uh, you might not notice. Did you see that they announced a, a release date for South Park: The Fractured Butthole? Uh, no. When, like when is that? Late October. It's like ten months late, I guess. But yeah, that seems good. Yeah, like it's a super generally like when a game gets later, it's a better game. Yeah, especially like a super content-driven mm -hmm. RPG thing. I've heard that it is a totally different kind of combat hmm. than the other than the previous one. Which would be great, because I never did get the hang of that combat, and it made it so I couldn't play a game that I really wanted to play and enjoy. Oh, that same, that same thing happened to me. Like, I I, didn't, I never actually played the South Park, um, whatever the other dumb prefix. The Stick the of Truth. Stick of Truth. Oh, that's not even a pun. It's not offensive. Yeah, it's... That's what, what the hell? I... Uh, I yeah, like, the, the combat system there was just, like, really, like, surprisingly punishing, and I just never got the hang of it and gave up. And it sucks for, like, what should be, like, a nice, like, and it pretty clearly had the, like, Paper Mario vintage kind of game as its inspiration. Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, I guess we just have to make this hard because I guess it seems like people want combat and RPGs to be hard. Like, I sure don't. Yeah. But, yeah, it's real disappointing. I wonder, maybe they patched it. Maybe they patched in a... Or you can get a mod that's like make blocking fucking work. <laughs> uh, there was a there was a similar. I don't know. This is might be a, this is not really similar. It's more of a tangent. Uh, people were trying to talk me into playing near automata, uh, and one of the things they brought up was that like you can actually turn on a mode where there's a robot that plays the game for you. Like like the pr pr I'm I'm imagining it's like the combat cyborg in Star Control Two. Hmm. Which, you know, that's that's cool. That actually does make me way more likely. Like, the other arguments were, like, once you've played the game for 30 hours, you can, to finish it, you can play it for another 30 hours to finish it again. I, like, everything that I've heard about it suggests that 
you the whole story plays out over like four replays, but the first one is like five hours, and the second one is yeah. like four hours, that's, and that's totally what different. Yeah. And the third and fourth ones are like forty five minutes each. Like I, it's, I it's, definitely uh, heard very different, huh. like a very different thing about the length of that game. Huh. Huh. Um, no, I that's I've heard like add yeah, zeros to each like, of those was what, what I had heard. What I've heard is basically what what Zach said, that, and and that like you after that first ending, like you're you're not going to be satisfied like stopping there because it would be like just killing Richter Belmont and never seeing the upside down castle in symphony of the night. You mean killing the dark priest shaft? <laughs> well, no killing Richter Belmont and then quitting the game because you thought it was over is what I mean. Oh, I thought, I thought it was shaft that you kill. I thought that Sha- killing shaft ki- was the bad ending. Killing shaft unlocks the second. castle. Oh. Oh, okay. You have to be immune to the thing that Shaft does that makes you fight Richter Belmont. Right, right. Okay. Using the snorkel. <laughs> Just yeah. the holy Man, one of these days, one of these days, Symphony of the Night is an assignment when we have like two weeks to 100% Symphony of the Night again. Yeah, I'll totally play that again. I, I'm trying to imagine a future where we all have that much free time at once. Nope, never going to happen. <laughs> and good. Yeah. We can, play, we can play Symphony of the Night again when we're dead. <laughs> oh no we can't and that's really the worst thing about mortality <laughs> no, just at no a certain point so at a certain night. point you can never play symphony of the night again this is very sad you know uh something that we didn't talk about that happened in the news was that mass effect as a series got oh yeah indefinitely put yeah. in the ice box and i know your reaction to that on twitter was very similar to mine which was just kind of Head shaky, like SMH, mm-hmm. SMDH. <laughs> yeah, um, I did people hate three as well, or, ju- or just the ending of three? I don't know. Like, I remember the problem, like, people disliking the ending of Mass Effect 3. Yep, but like, a lot of the reaction to the, the tweet that I made was that they made two bad games in a row. Um I and I like I don't I'm not plugged into the Mass Effect reaction community enough to remember how Mass Effect 3 was received. I mean I I I feel as though there are a couple things at work. One of which is that <clears throat> as the Mass Effect series went along the internet became a more and more web 2.0 everybody's opinion matters so much that it is what 99% of the stuff that you see on the internet is going to be now i forgot how that sentence started so i don't know how to complete it as a <laughs> as a grammatically correct sentence yeah. but uh and and also that like you end up i think in some but actually so there's two two other things about it one Branching narratives result in, like, a progressively closer and closer to infinite amount of work that has to be done to tie everything off. And so you have to start pulling back on, like, expressed consequences of the player's actions, right? You have to, you have to close off some branches there. Like, you have to, you have to sort of like Walking Dead season one it or, you're going to end up in a situation where every game has to be 
64 times the size of the previous game. And so I think a lot of people get disappointed that man, the the obsession of your like, I don't know, category of person who prefers Fallout New Vegas <laughs> that oh. that their actions in an RPG have consequences to the point where I genuinely believe that it is more important to that person that his actions have consequences. And by his, I mean, Gary Butterfield. <laughs> um, it is, you know, <clears throat> I love you, Gary, but I, I will never understand. I will never understand people who prefer Fallout New Vegas. It, it is, I think, it, to, to my way of thinking, it is more important to people in that camp that their actions have consequences then that those consequences be any good or comprehensible or predictable in any way which predictability and comprehensibility i think are requirements of a meaningful choice right and so like the consequences of stuff that happens in fallout new vegas goes back in time and makes random shit that I don't even remember and didn't understand at the time really important, and I don't think that's fun. Um, granted, you know, it's there's no accounting for taste. Like, it's... And, and I mean that in, in the, like, in a very objective sense. Like, right? <laughs> there's no way for us to just, like... There's no way for us to draw up a ledger that will demonstrate one way or another whether Fallout New Vegas is better than Fallout 3 or whatever. But... The third thing about Mass Effect 3. So so the second thing was people disappointed that their choices didn't matter, right? And that the, the... I mean, I do think that the ending was a little bit, like... I don't think that it was the best choice in the world to just say, okay, no matter what you've done, always, all throughout all of the choices that you've made, you have to make one three-way decision right now and that determines which ending cutscene you get. You know, I think it would have been better if it had had Fallout 3 style or even Fallout New Vegas style ending title card things where it was just like, all right, because you did this, here's this cutscene. Now here's a list of 40 things that happened to people that you knew based on what you did before and then what you did at the end here. Like I, that, that I think might have soothed some of that because like taking all of those choices and then finishing with a like, end of the first Deus Ex style, like, okay, here's three windows you can jump out of, and each of them is going to give you a different ending cutscene. Like, that's a little obnoxious, but, like, you got to end it somehow, you know? Like, what? they weren't going to write, like, a thousand twenty-four different cutscenes that depended on, and even, like, if the way that it ended was so dependent on choices that you'd made in Mass Effect 1 and 2, then you don't really get to make any meaningful choices at the end, right? Because you're you're yeah, homing in on them all. the yeah. very limited set of options that are that are available to you given the choices that you've made. Third thing is, like, the Stephen King problem of, like, setting up these giant universe-spanning, like, fundamental truths being uncovered storylines, and I don't think that there is a good way to end a story like that. Like, I don't think that there's a satisfying way to tie it up. You can end a story about a person when that person dies or gets what they want, but, like, I feel like you can't really end a story about history. So, what did they do in the patch where they tried to address this stuff? I don't know. Okay. I wouldn't watch it if I were given the opportunity to do so. Because it to me that was just like oh okay so you're just a chicken shit like <laughs> like I don't know man that to me feels like so much more of a 
of a compromise and a sellout than like turning Mass Effect 2 into a cover shooter, whereas the first one was whatever the fuck it was, you know? Right. I Like, I think you and I both felt that overall people's feelings about Mass Effect Andromeda were nowhere near as negative as the reaction on the internet would have you believe. Yeah, I saw uh, a ton of just animated GIFs and like short video clips of like bad writing, bad acting, um, like animation glitches, that sort of thing. Like, and I, I still haven't played Mass Effect Andromeda, but I've watched April play a bunch of it. And like, there is so much writing and animation in that game that it would be miraculous if some of it weren't bad. Um, and I, I, I mean, like, I, I think that, that you and I also probably agree on this, that it, it wouldn't even have to be proportionally worse than another game in the series or another game because it somehow just got cool to shit on the game. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. you know how they talk about, like, hey, one way to make a game successful in this very crowded marketplace is make a game that's real easy to stream. And that is not the same thing as a good game. Right. At all. Right. Right. And so make a game that's real easy to make GIFs of can cut both ways. Yep. I, looking at before and after screenshots of, like, shit that they patched in Mass Effect Andromeda, my reaction every time was, I don't know which one of these is before and which one is after, and I don't care. Like, yeah, that was the other thing when I talked about, like, this was like the the first day I watched April play, I was like, I, I tweeted a reaction, something along the lines of like, hey, it looks fine to me. That was basically the gist of the tweet. And like, this was followed with like, probably eight or nine people sent me like screenshots like, as if to demonstrate that this is why it looks horrible. And I just couldn't find anything wrong with them. And I, like, like without any sort of, like, explanation or context, like, just the, the premise that yeah, these are self-evident uh, images. Like, obviously, this is a bad animation or render or model or whatever. Um it 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 actually like legitimately makes me wonder like if I am missing some like critical part of my visual cortex. Right. <laughs> the, like the thing that the thing that makes it so I don't understand why everybody <coughs> says the vanishing of Ethan Carter and Dear Esther look really good. Yeah. Like. Well, I I thought they looked good. Yeah. D- most people did. And that's the thing that most people talked about. Like, oh well, everything's terrible, but at least they look real good. And I'm like. Huh. <laughs> I thought they were fine and looked uh, fine. Yeah. Like, it, it's... They looked real expensive. Did they? Okay. That that was... I was I was hope, fishing for agreement there. I, well, I, I just don't know. Like, I... Yeah. Like... I, I will... So, when, when people say games look good, often what they mean is that they look expensive. That, like, the... There's a lot of detail in which branches of the trees are blowing around yeah, and that stuff sort of thing. like that. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, so like EverQuest 2 looked a lot better than World of Warcraft by that reasoning. Right. Right. Yep. And was soulless and a failure. <laughs> right. Like it, it's I don't know, man. People. I man, 
people get so even people in this video games hot dog slack get mad at us for for talking about this like about like telling them that they are wrong for saying that Mass Effect Andromeda is a bad game but I do think they're wrong I think the only thing that you can I also can't say it's a good game right with any with any sort of objectivity or 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 heft but like and people I believe people that they don't like it but I think that whether you like something or not is dependent on a huge number of factors that you're not aware of. Otherwise, advertising wouldn't work at yeah. all. And it does, even though no one thinks it works on them. <laughs> right? So, like, it's, ah, man, it makes me sad. Like, it just, it makes me sad. Because, like, would the world be worse if there was a Mass Effect Andromeda 2 that was of a similar level of quality? Because, like, everyone who hated it wouldn't have to fucking play it. They didn't want to, but the people who liked the first one could buy the sequel and play it, and it'd be fun, like Mass Effect Andromeda was to a lot of people. Like, it, and who knows, you know, it, what do we think the odds are that that game, that, like, plans for a sequel to that game were canned because of the response on the internet versus because of the number of people that bought the game? Oh, I think Probably the number of people that bought the game. Yeah. 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 But, like... But how much of how much was that number affected by people delighting in being shitty about it on the internet? Yeah. Bandwagons, man. Bandwagons. Everybody loves prey. I've been I've still been I've still been loving prey. That was gonna be my last game. So yeah, you go ahead. Oh, have you been playing it? Go, yep. No, you go. You uh well, I mean, this was gonna be like my the final game of my what what have you been playing yeah. segment. So let's just make it the first game. Of your what have I been playing segment? Uh, everything is fine, by the way. With oh, Kevin. good. It's uh, isolated and and, and uh, no, not nothing. Nothing dangerous is going on. So that's oh, good. Cool that's thing. good to know. Um. Anyway, I just broke down and switched to easy, and it's still pretty hard. It turns out easy mode was exactly what I wanted. It was just <laughs> the description of easy mode in the difficulty selector made me feel like it wasn't going to be what I wanted. Mm. Yeah. And I shouldn't have allowed myself to be influenced by that. Yeah, I, I, I started on easy, and I'm perfectly satisfied with the level of challenge. Yep, I'm still getting killed and, every once in a while, and, and it's fine. In fact, I wish there was an even easier mode, because like, when, when I hit a brick wall, there's nowhere to go now. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, something that I wish that I had learned earlier is the the very, very first psi ability that you can get that's in one of the starting trees that lets you go into that mode where you slow down time is just critical. Really? Like, yeah. I I found that I went from dying 10 times in most fights to very rarely dying even on the same difficulty level. So, it's just like huge because so it both combat focus. Yeah, it both sl it slows down time so that you can actually chase the fucking skittering things around and it <laughs> makes it so you can like swing the wrench more. So you Yeah, okay. That does sound nice. Yeah. And it's like until you start until you unlock the alien powers later in the game, it's the only thing I think it's the only thing that you can spend psi energy on. I think that's the only Yeah, one I've got of a bunch of psi hypos in my inventory. Yeah, they just, they just use. pile up, yeah. Yeah. Uh so I've been playing for like four hours. I just got to the uh just for, for the people who know this, I I just got uh the second half of my message to myself. Um this game is super System Shock 2. Yep. <laughs> um, like the, the setting, the structure of it, 
like the structure where like you have a like an initial level and then you just kind of like it it then opens up into a bunch of places you can go and you have like uh a voice in your head like a not not like in your head but like a, a voice coming over a communications device telling you what to do next but you can do whatever you want yeah um there are definitely i think some some things that are at least intended to be plot gated there are just like doors that won't be openable until some NPC makes them openable for you. Um, A lot of little side quests. It's getting to the point where it's like too many little side quests because I don't... You might be able to turn off HUD indicators for waypoints Mm -hmm. on individual quests. You might be able to like untrack quests, but... uh, Are they just covering your screen now? Yeah. Yeah. Like every, every... like. It's like when you first start an episode or a, a level of Dishonored, right? Where there's just like, oh, God, there's like six runes and 14 bone charms on this level. Right. And you just lose track of which one you're going for because you don't know if it was the same one you were going for before you turn 90 degrees. Yeah. Um, it. I didn't get far enough into System Shock 2. to Like, I got to the, like, cool Shodan moment but then I just kind of ran out of time. Um, yeah, right. Because uh, we were playing it for an assignment. Um, Kevin beat it and System Shock 1 in the amount of time that it took me to not beat System Shock 2. <laughs> I can I can see why you didn't want to make Prey the assignment. Yeah. <laughs> it's Not that it would matter now anyway. Right. But I mean, yeah. It, so it just... I, I don't think that Kevin can play Prey until after we ship yeah. West of Loathing. And yeah. I'm not like... Not trying to be all nanny state on it. I think he yeah. would agree. From, and, from uh, the way System Shock Two ended, I would say you got the better deal. Yeah. <laughs> it does. System Shock Two spend a lot of time sending you back to places that you've already been. Uh you. If I remember right, you want to go back anyway, just to scavenge for resources. Like a lot of that game is really like you're, you're resource starved for a lot of it, just the, from the way it's tuned and. My experience like, was throwing everything I possibly found into one particular elevator so that I could get to all that stuff <laughs> from any floor. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Yeah, this Prey doesn't have nearly as central a transit thing. There's like a main lift, yeah. but it only goes to some of the places that you can go. I was I was really like surprised to see a station map and see the weird like interconnectivity of it. And I wonder if there's some like it, it's it's weird to think of like a sci-fi setting as being more confusing than the present. <laughs> like you, you'd think they they'd figured out transit by then. Huh? You think so? You think that like a caveman suddenly appearing in the middle of San Francisco would find San Francisco less confusing <laughs> than than the cave that he had just? Uh, cer- certainly, like the surfaces are flatter, like. <laughs> Computers are much more straightforward in this future in Prey That's true. than they are now. Yeah, the right? interface is just giant. You read one email at a time across your massive 4K screen. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and everybody like Merlin Mann has really Merlin Mann is like a saint in, the, <laughs> in this age of Prey because. Everybody's everybody was at inbox zero. Like you can sort of tell how long somebody's been dead by how many emails they have. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's real good. I I'm afraid that I'm gonna wander away from it for too long and then not 
not come back to it. Yeah. Because I don't think I would start over at this point. I'm probably like 12 hours in, and I have no idea how far along the plot I am. I think I've been to maybe two-thirds of the nodes on that. It does a really good job of, even though you're on a space station, making very differentiated environments. Like, especially, like, you you eventually get to the, like, plant dome on the top, right, where there's just basically, like, a forest, and so that's cool, and you can understand why that's different. But, like, it just goes, it really feels like the place has a history, you know? Like, yeah. it's like, okay, this there are a lot of parts of this that were really nice in the 70s. <laughs> like, they're built in the 70s, decorated like they were made in the 70s, and, like, in the fiction, they are, right? Because in, yeah. in the fiction, Kennedy wasn't assassinated and that is what made it so space travel accelerated at a huge rate. Yeah, like a, so, somehow we partnered with Russia to work together in this. Like it, it was – it's a very – I'm i curious if there's some sort of like um, story bible where like internally they worked out like the, the, the actual political forces that drove that because that would be super interesting. I mean, there's those timelines in the museum that suggest right. that they at least had, like, one whiteboard's worth right. of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have been finding the um, – uh, one thing that, that uh, regular listeners of this podcast will be interested in is that I've been reading all the text in this game. And uh, I don't know what to make of that. Like, I'm really – like, I, I, I think a lot of it is just that, like – uh, it sets up a really compelling setting that I happen to be like to to dig a lot, and so I want to know more about it. When um, you say you're reading all of the text, do you mean all of it? I mean I'm like it, I'm reading all the emails and the books that I come across. Okay, the books surprise me a lot. Yeah, that, that you would want to read that, or really that anyone would. I think. Yeah, like. I read I read the emails for the most part, but and this is the first game that has really done that to you. No, um, oh. it's but it's been the first game that's done that in a while. Like for example, uh, the Deus Ex era, uh, I was a lot more open to that stuff. And like specifically in Deus Ex, I read all the text that I came across, all the little book clippings and all the newspaper stuff, and um, uh. And just as, like as a data point, I did not do that in Deus Ex Invisible War, even though I thought the tech, the writing was comparably good. Hmm. Um, Maybe just you, you, you get one of those. It could be that. It could be. Mine was definitely Tron 2.0. Yeah. Like reading all of the ancillary text in that game, I found to be really, really rewarding and, and satisfying. Yeah. Well, yeah, Maybe. It, it it could just be like level of immersion. Like I um the the story of Prey so far, the setting at least, is hitting all the not literally all, but a lot of the sci fi notes that really interest me. So it it's there's actually not that much in the way of books. Um there is like five in your starting apartment and then I don't know if I've found any out past the intro that aren't duplicates of those. There's all the sci-fi, the like trashy sci-fi books, which I just don't. Oh, maybe like, I haven't. Whatever Star Killer Chronicles oh. volumes one through whatever. I have not met those, so that's something to perhaps look forward to or to hear I you mean, tell the story. I think it helps that all of the books in your apartment are like a couple sentences long. Yeah, 
No, that's that's part of it. I I find myself feeling like there is too much going on in the world. Like I kind of get like if I see a computer with a bunch of emails on it, I think, ah, fuck, this is gonna put like four more HUD markers on. <laughs> my... I think that it puts some kind of indicators on the ones that are important. Like, I think that there are exclamation points on the emails that are either going to tell you where something is or tell you a code to something. And I really like that when you are at a keypad that you know the code for, it just shows you the code. I mean, at that point, why not just have a button to just open it? Yeah. that's. I mean, it's fun to push buttons. Uh, I'm playing with the controller, so it's less fun. And maybe at some point in the game's development, there was potentially a reason to hack a door even when you could open it. Yeah, at some point there might have been a, oh yeah, yeah, hack the door. Like um, if you got XP for hacking when XP was a thing or sure. something. I was watching uh, Nick Brecken play um, Trespasser, and like w- one of the conceits of that game is that... Um, all of what you do to control uh, the game is actually control using the mouse to control an arm. Um, and so uh, to... Um, is it Samuel L. Jackson's arm hanging from... It, no, it's... it's uh, I actually don't know who the protagonist is supposed to be. I think it's just someone who happens to crash land on the island. Um, but, like, that means in order to enter codes into a keypad, you're actually, like, physically moving an arm around the world and you have to aim it at each individual button... And then you can click a mouse that, and well, all that does is move the finger forward a little bit. And so it's super easy to accidentally push a button twice or push a button you didn't mean to push because of the way the, the physics is modeled. It's a, that, that whole stream that, uh, that, that it was on the Idle Thumbs, uh, Twitch channel. Um, that whole stream is a pretty fascinating watch, like Trespasser as a, an artifact of, uh, a, a moment in time where, like, uh, some game developers tried to do every next generation thing at the same time, and it just became a huge flaming mess of mess of of like failed promise, um, but also like weirdly forward looking. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I mean by promise. Yeah, um, really fascinating. Yeah, hearing them talk about it on Idle Thumbs, like I've never watched any of the stream stuff. Kind of a sounded good. Kind of an interesting metaphor for the plot itself, actually, of Jurassic Park. Um, but yeah, Prey. One of the things I really like about Prey, I can't remember if you talked about this last time, was um, every once in a while you'll come across a terminal that has a listing of crew members. And they actually have like a checkbox next to them, like in the interface, which is a weird like non-diegetic nod to like when you, the, you the player, have, have found this corpse. Right. Um, but like you can um, select any one of them and get a waypoint on your HUD to like, yeah, I, I want to if you want 100 percent the game, that means finding every dead crew member. You end up with a lot more stuff if you find all the dead crew members. I mean, they're kind of like little treasure chests. Yeah. Um, something it feels to me like since I switched to easy, the game is being much more generous with the neuromods, the like skill point. Oh, that's interesting. Things. Um. Also, there's a there's a kind of fucked up plot twist with those that you can uncover in like if you just accidentally do one of the side quests uh, because it's in the same place as the main quest. Oh, interesting. Um, 
yeah, man, there's so many good little moments in that. Like that, that just I think their their idea with that crew selection thing is that like you know finding out how each of these people died is like a thing that they put some effort into making sure it was an interesting thing to find out. And right. so, um, you know, you get an email from them. It's like I'm about to go to the bathroom. I hope nothing goes wrong. And then you find them <laughs> in the bathroom without a head. Hope it all comes out okay. <laughs> uh, man, so hope good. my poop is not an alien. Oh, is that the origin of the mimics? Uh, maybe. Imagine if you took a shit and then the shit turned out to be a mimic. Ah, uh, my toilet is unflushing itself. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. I don't think I had anything else to say about that. Um, I've been continuing to play Heroes of the Storm and Hearthstone, so now I'm just just doing nothing but Blizzard. <laughs> Blizzard uh, created daily quests for golds and gems and things. Um, the ridiculous currency system of Heroes of the Storm makes me appreciate the, the non-ridiculous currency system of Hearthstone. Which one came first? I don't remember. Hmm. Um, played a bunch of that. Uh, phone game that you mentioned last week, Topsoil. Topsoil. It's a good little puzzle game. Cool. I think. I remember you saying that you weren't sure if you were getting any better at it or not. I definitely got better at it for a while. Like my first five or six games, the my scores went up every time as I sort of learned how the game works. And now I think that I'm basically just rolling a couple of dice around the the local maxima right there yeah. um yeah i i feel like there's a class of game that kind of like getting better at it kind of just boils down to your willingness of how far you like how far you're um willing to think ahead like how many moves ahead you're willing to like put the time in to think through yeah and that is typically a very very low number for me same here um like i i I get the impression that like, yeah, like I've seen like really high level, for example, Tetris attack play. And that seems to be entirely predicated on that. Um, yeah. Where, like a version of Tetris that shows you the next five pieces you're going to get. Well, is the exact same game for me <laughs> as one that shows you the next one piece. Well, that, that, that too, but uh, Tetris attack is more of a, a match three kind of a thing. Oh, um, yeah, I cannot do any sort of prediction of what's going to happen after I make matches in a match three. Yeah. Like, and, like, I can, but it's just not fun to do it. It's, like, it's work yeah. to to think of ahead that far. I wonder if you did it for a while, if it would become intuitive the way that, like, I don't know. I guess getting better at Tetris is itself fun. It's not like you just internalize like but you you know, you don't have to work hard to figure out where to put the next piece when you're playing yeah. Tetris. Well, and Tetris point, like right? is a good map to what my mind wants to do for fun because like it's it's about spatial reasoning and and fill, like filling being in efficient. spaces evenly yeah. and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um whereas like a getting good at a match 3 feels a lot more like I don't know I, I I could I could probably say anything here that I can't really think of anything that I could say that some people wouldn't find fun. They'd probably find uh, match three fun too. But it feels more like a math problem, I guess. Yeah. And like not like 
a word problem, not the fun kind of math problem, <laughs> just like a shitty math problem. It's right, just like, yeah. here, do a hundred subtractions. The, the least fun math problem, yeah. not the most fun. Yeah, there you go. Uh, do you guys want to talk about this assignment? Sure. Bomb Squad Academy? Yeah, all right. Bomb Squad Academy. Bomb Squad Academy. Moist. Moist. Bomb Squad Academy. Uh, so that I can then have five people saying it after me. Uh, so Bomb Squad Academy. Bomb Squad Academy. Bomb Squad Academy. Bomb Squad Academy. Bomb Squad Academy is a game. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Senor Card Gauge. There. Yes, Senor Card Gauge. That yeah. <laughs> um, it is a game that teaches you uh, the basic principles of electronics and digital logic by having you defuse bombs. Yeah. Uh, and it is very polished and Super very cute. well executed and. Bomb Squad Academy. Bomb Squad Academy. Bomb Squad Academy. Uh, it's real good. There's not very much of it. Yeah. There's Even not, though like, not if you look at the map of all the levels, there's a lot of it. Yeah. There's a lot of levels. There's like, you know, 60 levels or something. Mm -hmm. But finishing it felt like finishing the tutorial yeah. for a game that a game that never started. Oh yeah. Um, and I yeah. think the developer is the developer is is wanting to continue you know, on it. I think that's like that I think like, he has yeah. a day job or something. Yeah, it does feel like this is a thing that was made by somebody who it's, it has not made enough money that it's going to be their job. Yeah. Uh, Bomb Squad Academy. Bomb Squad Academy. Bomb Squad Academy. Whoop, 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 whoop. And it does not feel to me like the components of each bomb are on a grid such that. Oh, so could. it could be uh, uh, procedurally generated. Yeah, I mean, oh. he's talking about doing procedurally generated ones and how that's the, like, dream for it. A level editor, like, him saying a level editor would be a shitload of work leads me to believe that he didn't do this the way that you would normally do this kind of thing, yeah. which is to make a level editor and then use that level editor to build the game, right? I don't think for – it seems like every wire that goes between two points was, like, a separate sprite. The 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 non cut and the cut version of those oh, wires were a separate oh, sprite in every case. It's not just that. I noticed that the the the, um, the wires cut at the location on the wire that you click them. It's oh it, weird. Yeah. So that yeah. has to be that, that has to be like systemic somehow. I guess yeah. It, yeah. I noticed that. Although I guess you could just do a thing where you had some sprites that you appended to either end of that. Yeah, I don't know it, but I, it, but it did not feel. It does not feel like a thing that could be readily expanded into a thing where you could have user created content, I, which would be great. I feel like, yeah, like I, I was going to say, like the, I feel like what makes it feel incomplete is that all you do in this game are break other people's machines, <laughs> and it feels like the next step would actually be to make your own machines, yeah, to, in a to challenge NIO sort of a too, way, yeah. Or like a uh, castle doctrine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And like that would he, be a <laughs> yeah, for, that would be a better metaphor for the multiplayer mode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so build uh, build your build your bomb. Bomb Squad Academy. Bomb Squad Academy. Bomb Squad Academy. Another word or two. And then solve it to prove that it's solvable, and then put it out there. Although, well, I guess the time limit is a thing because if you already know how it works, you can solve it super fast. But I don't, I don't know. There's ways around that, I'm sure. Yeah, it does seem like the time limit was never a factor because when you fuck up, you just restart, right? So for this portion of the game, there might as well have not been a time limit, except for the kind of clever things where there's a timer that then you have to run this timer down to get current to this other thing. Yeah, yeah. There's some really neat or the puzzle where where the way you disarm it is by destroying the timer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I felt like. the way the game was structured was like frustrating because I, I played, I don't know, like 15 or 20 levels before I set off the bomb accidentally. And at that point, like it felt like all the tension kind of went away because I realized like, Oh, I could just, instead of like trying to read this circuitous path, I could just like try something, try every yeah. combination. Like yeah. there's no punishment there's for no penalty, just, yeah. yeah. Well, a, a user created, Bomb Bomb Squad Academy. 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 Like, a game like this where there were millions of puzzles instead of 60 puzzles, right? Which, Mm -hmm. this is enough parts that you could make a million puzzles out of it. You could have a mode where it's like, you only get to see these once, and if you blow up, it's game over. And like, you know, these are ones that have been like gauged to be of this difficulty. So here's a mode where here, you you get to see these once. If you fuck up, it blows up. Here's your high score attack. Yeah. Like, it's like, it just felt like a game that everything about it is great except for there is no sort of meta game. Yeah. <laughs> and there could be. Like, like it is a game that is systemic in a way that a would story sustain mode it. Or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's not like I don't think that I was left with that feeling because of its length. Like no. I think a slightly different structure to the hour that it took to to beat it. And I I beat everything but the last like level or two I got. It just sort of ran out of patience. I was like, I was also like the. I think part of the reason that I've been playing so much Heroes of the Storm and Hearthstone is because I really want something that doesn't require a lot of thought that I can do for like ten minutes to take a break. And like this bomb game was like, this is using up energy that I should be using on work if I'm going to be spending it on anything. And so yeah. once it got hard, which was like two puzzles from the end, I kind of was like, nah, okay, I should I should just step away from this. Um, but yeah, Bomb Squad Academy. Mm-hmm. It's neat. I'm glad that... How did you find this, Riff? Bomb Squad Academy. Bomb Squad Academy. Bomb Squad Academy. I'm not even sure. I think maybe it just got suggested to me on Steam or something. There was a, like, John Walker wrote a Rock, Paper, Shotgun article about it, and that is that is often a hallmark of things that are good. <laughs> of things that I like, at least. Um, okay, so also on the list of assignments that you uh, suggested last week, which was where this came from, was our next assignment, Scanner Sombre. Yeah. Or Scanner Somber. 
I also uh, saw some people on Twitter talking about that, but I don't remember who or what. Did you see them figure out how to pronounce it? Nope. <laughs> see, this is tricky. If we want listeners to send in audio clips of oh. them saying Scanner Somber or Scanner Sombre, maybe just send in an audio clip of you saying Scanner Sombre or Scanner Somber or <laughs> Scanner and then a mispronunciation of Sombre or Sombre of your choice. That'll be fun. A fun opportunity for expression <laughs> from our generous Patreon backers, such as Scanner Somber. <laughs> and Scanner so Sombre. Scanner's Scanner Sombrero. Ombre Sombre. Scanner Sombre. Sombrero Dave. The Semite. Huh. Oh. <laughs> it went dark. Skinned. I, I am... I could not find this tweet, and it led me to believe that maybe I just imagined this tweet. But I think that one of my finest tweets, if I had to gauge all of my tweets from least fine to most fine, this would be near the top, was my tweet about there being a particle accelerator accident that split uh, this one character into the two halves of himself, Yosemite Sam and Anti-Semite Sam. <laughs> oh, that is pretty it sounds good, like actually. Given that you can't find it, you could just make that tweet again. I could just again. make the tweet again, yeah. yeah. And then people could point out that mm -hmm. it's the same tweet as last time. Ah, you ripped this off from <gasps> yourself? What if I ripped it off from somebody else, though? Oof. Um, then you definitely want to know, so you should definitely tweet it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, none of our Patreon backers are anti-Semites. To our knowledge... Uh, gentlemen, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 287 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And if you do, take a picture. And if you don't, send a text. And if you do, cock-a-boo-boo-balaya. Cock-a-boo-boo-balaya. Good night, everybody. Bomb Squad Academy! Bomb Squad Academy. Cock-a-boo-boo-balaya. Bomb Squad Academy? Bomb Squad Academy. Bomb Squad Academy Bomb Squad Academy Bomb Squad Academy, Bomb Squad Academy.